following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I was wondering how long. So great. I was wondering how long he was gonna wait because you and I were both staring him dead in the eye. I knew he was gonna bark at some point. That was so awesome. That staring contest with your dog. He was just—he didn't know what to make. He's like, he's all right, I've had enough. He's looking at you. He's looking at me. He's looking at you. He's looking at me. He's like, all right, enough of you clowns. That was awesome. All right, welcome back to the intentional foul. We have some basketball to watch tonight. Badgers start in just a second as well. This is a Wednesday. The Bucks are starting a little bit as well uh, down in South Beach. And uh, we got to talk some NFL. We'll talk some hoops. Got any baseball in here to report on? doesn't look like it. I mean, no. there's nothing going on. There's a lockout. There's your report. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty much. So it's yeah. going to be hoops and pigskin on this edition. And we will start with uh, the NFL and your Chicago Bears. It's weird. I watched more football this past Sunday with the Packers off than I think I have on a normal Packer weekend. I didn't have anything to do. The Vikings were on, I think, CBS. The Bears were on Fox uh, or vice versa. I can't remember what. But, yeah, I was flipping back and forth between both games. Um, did it, did they, a lot. they both probably made you throw up. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, the Bears I kind of expected, but... You and I were trading text messages on some of the Dalton interceptions, and it was, I mean, you said it during our game last night, the number one song that a high school band should learn behind the national anthem is the Benny Hill theme song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's all I could think of when I saw Dalton throwing right into defenders' hands. It was, it was comical in a really sad, tragic way. But that's what you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, I mean. And again, before Justin Fields got there, this was the plan. Yeah. That guy. That guy, I know. That's He's your guy. That's the guy. That's Matt Nagy's boy. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, the Bear, they lose 33-22 to the Cardinals. Uh, the game was not that close. I mean, they were down, most of the time, they were down two scores or more, and... I, I don't know. I, I just the only reason they were really even remotely in the game is because of David Montgomery. You yeah, know, he was kind of doing everything he, for he, him. He had a good game, but um, yeah, Dalton four picks. I mean, one of them was not his fault. Three of them were just awful. You know, um, the Bears wide receivers are bad. Yeah. You take it. You take Allen Robinson out of the mix. I mean, Mooney's okay, but Mooney. It's Mooney's like. It's like Cobb. If you take if 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 the Packers tried to make Cobb their their Devontae Adams, it just wouldn't work. He's just not that kind of guy. Right. And that's the same thing with Mooney. He's you know, he's more of a Cobb player than a, a number one. Um uh, but they just, you know, they're dropping balls. You know, Cole Komet is is extremely mediocre as a tight end. They just don't have a lot. Um that's not to excuse Dalton's poor play, but they don't have a lot to work with. They really don't. I mean, it's it's kind of scary. I, I saw something on Twitter that the Bears are last in football in passing yards a game, like 170 or something like that. It's really bad. 
It's actually less yards passing per game than Sid Luckman was throwing for, like, in the early 60s. So Matt, they, Matt Nagy, who's supposed to be this offensive guru in a passing era, in a passing right. league, actually is worse than, than when they than didn't pass the ball. 60 years ago. Right. When they had when they ran all, I mean, all the time. You yeah. can stick a fork in that, dude. It's over. I mean, Nagy's done. He's going to get fired. Um, the Bears, whether they want to or not, he can't come back. The fans will revolt. And um, I don't think he's he's not the right guy to to give the keys to Justin Fields. Um, you know, if if as a franchise, if you think that that kid is is really going to be the guy for the next ten years, um, Matt Nagy can't be anywhere near him. That just can't happen. Is he tied at the hip to Ryan Pace because Pace has now had a couple of swings at coaches, and he's also had a couple of swings at drafts. And would you say that he has done an adequate job at either of those things to try and build this team up? No, no. So he's he's, he's gone for sure. I mean, look at the look at the talent currently on the Bears. Their best players on defense weren't drafted by the Bears. They traded for Khalil Mack. They signed Robert Quinn. Um, you know, where's the offensive talent? There's none. Allen Robinson was a free agent signing. They draft Cole Komet, they draft Montgomery, they draft Trubisky, they draft Fields, they draft Mooney. You know, the only one that has a chance of being anything is Fields. The rest of them are just guys, you know. So he he's had, he's, he, and he traded up big time for Trubisky, and he traded up big time for Fields. I mean, the Bears right now as it sits, I think, would be the sixth pick in the draft, and that's going to the Giants. So... Yeah, I I just think that it's we're just running out the clock here. This is uh, four games left for them. Uh, they're maybe going to win one, um, but you know it's Fields time. Every everything now, organizationally, forget the team. Organizationally, now everything has to be about Justin Fields. I'm just wondering now with the team president or whoever makes the next hire ownership that puts in the next general manager who then selects the coach is the message now going to be, this is your quarterback and you have to make a run as best you can with that because we have given up so much and he's just going into his second year in the league going forward. We can't throw this away. So you're going to have to try and build the team around him. So, I mean, are they going to have to find somebody who, says and is a believer in Justin Fields? Well, I would say to you, do you do you think there's going to be coaches out there that are excited to coach Justin Fields? I would think there's some out there. Okay, well, I think that answers the first part. Right, but then they also need to be qualified. There can be well, yeah, there, but there, I mean, there can be people that'd be like, I'd love to work with him. Well, you're not really qualified to have well, that position. They're they're not gonna hire Mark Trussman again. Dr. Death. So I mean whoever they hire is, you know, my my question is do you do you lean do you hire an offensive coach? I would not. I would not. I don't look at the Bears historically. Look when they've been good. What have they? What have they been about? They've been about defense. Yes. They need to rebuild that defense. And in that division, um, I mean, I I don't think there's any question that Jordan Love is not going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. But I think there's a very good chance that he's a very serviceable, competent NFL quarterback for a long time for the Packers. I have no reason to believe that he won't be. 
you you have to go against these guys twice. Kirk Cousins is, regardless of the Viking record, he's still not bad. Right. And, you know, the Lions are going to probably draft a quarterback, and who the hell knows? He could be good. Um, they have to rebuild that defense, and I think it, you can go get a coordinator off on the offensive side of the ball to take care of a lot of that. But we'll see. Um, that will depend on who the general manager is. And, you know, where, where does that guy come from and what kind of philosophy does he have? So there's a long time till all this happens because the Bears won't do anything, obviously, here in the next four weeks. But, but meanwhile, the noise to me just gets louder and louder. And I guess it doesn't matter if you're not worried about winning games. But, like, just just the the ambient noise of people just yelling and screaming about how terrible they are and how they got to go and we're looking forward to something else. I mean, well, I think, I mean, that, you're hearing a lot of that stuff. I mean, I think it's just everybody kind of already knows this is going to happen. Yeah, but I like they suck. There's no argument. They're bad. They're a bad football team. Right. You know, they're coaching. They're poorly coached. They've been poorly rostered, put together. I mean, I don't know who's arguing against it. No, nobody's arguing, but just, just the vitriol out there just seems to keep well, keep increasing. Yeah, it's tiresome. Yeah, I that's mean, that's what I mean. It and, and to me it would be exhausting for management, it would be exhausting for the players. You know, it's losing's not any fun, I get it, but when it's next level stuff with the organization and the administration and all the exact you know, however you want to classify it, it's just it, to me it makes it that much more frustrating. You know, yeah. you can have bad players and a decent coach and you can be on the rise. That's not what this is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's there there's to me just a different level of frustration rather than just underachieving or um you know, not getting the maximum amount out of your guys. That's that's not what's happening in Chicago. Well, and I think that's a little different too because when when this happened in the Trubisky era, like I think most Bears fans knew that and I'm not sure this dude's that that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he can really be that good. There weren't a lot of Bear fans that were like, yeah, Mr. Bisky's really good. I think there's a lot of Bear fans that have watched Fields this year and said, yeah, there's something about this dude that he could be really good. Like, mm-hmm. he's a hell of an athlete. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's tough as shit. I mean... You know, he had to miss a couple games because of his broken ribs. But, I mean, that guy's taken a lot of shots this year, and he's gotten up on almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that says a lot, especially in a town like Chicago. They appreciate that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but, I, yeah, I think I think that's part of the problem is is we're, as Bear fans, it's just like, when is this going to happen? We, we deserve a good quarterback. And we think we might have him right now. We think we might have got him. There's a, there's a it's, there's a chance. It's it's not it's not dire, but it's up to the the front office and management to make the right decision and bring in some people to help this kid instead of hinder him. The problem is you just keep hitting the reset button every few years mm-hmm. and having to start over. Yeah, the fact that you can't go another you know three years without doing that again is just problematic because now you have to start over. Um. And I, I don't know. I'm just really curious for just just organizationally how this works going forward. I'll be really curious to see who they get at each of those positions. Well, I told you GM a couple weeks coach. ago. I think we talked about it. If if I'm, I would like to see the Bears pluck their next general manager from one of 
about six or seven franchises, you know, Packers, Steelers, Ravens, you know, all these teams that every year in and year out, they have talent. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not win the Super Bowl, but they're they're talented. You can look at their roster and see that. Um that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But okay. well, I we'll see. I don't have a lot of confidence that it'll happen. That's what I mean. And there, there's no track record. And there's for it. right. There's no reason so, for you to be confident. No. no, absolutely. All right. Packers were on the bye week. A lot of injuries, and apparently Rodgers didn't practice today. Kurt Bankert took the snaps because Jordan Love is on the COVID list. Yeah, I heard that. Interesting. Yeah, and Bankert's been on the practice squad all season, so now he's going to be the backup for this weekend. We'll get to that uh, in in a little bit. Uh, Other results, Thursday night from last week, uh, the Cowboys, I don't even remember this game. I don't think I watched much of it against the Saints. Taysom Hill, four picks. That's all all you need to know. Yes. Yep. He's Um, bad. Tampa beat Atlanta probably, you know, I mean, two touchdowns. I would have expected it to be more, but. Uh, regardless. Yeah, I feel like Tampa's just kind of trying to round into form here at the end of the year. Get healthy, hit win, net, win these games. And, and then hit, net, hit hit the next level button. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chargers destroy the Bengals. Did not see that one coming. Yeah, the Bengals had a couple of bad breaks that happened to them early on, and they got behind, and they just couldn't really recover. But nice for the Chargers to... To finally beat a good team, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, no, I guess that's... I guess we have to call Cincinnati a good team. They've you do. They're in the playoffs at this point. So, um, Jared Goff's girlfriend looking a little bouncy and happy that uh, he threw a touchdown pass as time expired. Man, Minnesota's defense so soft on that last seventy-five yard drive. So soft. It, it almost like it seemed like they kind of wanted to lose. That's, like that last what? play. Like they were like the guy was seven so yards far in, off. in the end zone. Like all you needed to do was get to the goal line. Yeah, and he was towards the back half of the end zone. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Bizarre. They don't need to reach the end line. They need to reach the front line. It was really strange. Yes, really strange. Um, but good for them, Zimmer. I I haven't read anything from. I don't follow a lot of uh, uh Vikings beat writers like I do Bears people. But I I just w- would be kind of curious about the. The state of things in in Minnesota um, after that after that loss. Well, I'm, I mean, I think the fact that they're playing uh, Thursday might have saved his job for another week, right? Because you can't have it's awful tough somebody to turn it around that quickly yeah. on an interim basis. That's awful tough. You're, you know? you're probably right on that. But I mean, even if he does get fired, that that chick he's dating now, he'll be fine. Google Google that. Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. Cool. She's a, is she an Instagram model oh, yeah. or something? I don't know how his old ass got her, but. Good for you, Mike Zimmer. You are winning the game of life. <laughs> so is Jared Goff. Uh, Dolphins over the Giants. John Barry, very happy about that. Sixth, fifth straight win. Got themselves back in the playoff pitch. You know, Tua, quietly, his numbers aren't great, but the guy does win. It's one of those I guys. Wins games, but yeah. doesn't put up flashy stuff. Um, Philly beats the Jets. It's Gardner Minshew time. Threw a couple of dimes to their tight end. So, this is this is kind of interesting. Okay. I looked this up. Gardner Minshew, he has started 21 games. He's 8-13. and 13, But okay. 20 of those games were for Jacksonville. So, take not, that into consideration. Not a lot to work with there. Okay. In his career, in, in those 21 games, he's thrown 39 touchdowns and 11 picks. So, he's getting no help. Think about that, though. That's a 3-to-1 ratio. Philadelphia got him for a conditional six-round pick this year. Like, that guy could probably be starting for a third of the teams in the league easily. I was going to say, yes. That's, and why, that's crazy. And why is he not? 
I don't I don't know. How many teams he's kind of he... goofy? He is, but I I mean I, I like think, him. Yeah, he but had... I don't know that the teams like it. I don't know. But it seems like the teams like the guys like him, you know. I like he seems like a good dude to me. And whenever he's in, it's always surprising when you hear Gardner Minshew did this and Gardner Minshew, and it's like, really? Yeah. But apparently he has a track record of that, just can't find a team mm-hmm. for the long run. That's strange. That, that is interesting. Good stats there. Um, boy, the Texans are bad. Yeah. In- Indianapolis. Yeah, the Colts just clobbered them. Another great day for Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's getting a lot of pub this year mm-hmm. about being one of the best in the league. Well, he should. He deserves it. I mean, I think he's still leading the league in rushing. And, uh, you know, him and Derrick Henry right now, I got to – I don't know. Kamara's awful good too, but – They're not the workhorse. He's not yeah, the workhorse I mean, that those guys are, he doesn't. Though. He doesn't probably catch as many passes as a couple of these guys. But, yeah, Kamara's not busted into the line as right. many times either. Um, Washington gets a field goal with under – I think it was like 15 seconds, 30 seconds to go, and they beat the Raiders. Yeah, rough, rough – Bad loss for Vegas. Very. Uh, the Rams clobber Jacksonville. Nothing really to see there. And then a couple of missed extra points in the game with the Steelers and the Ravens and a one-point win for Pittsburgh. And now it comes out that it's Roethlisberger's basically saying, this is it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably time. I mean, he, he's been, he's been not very good this year. No. Somehow that team is hanging on by a thread, but it's not pretty. Um. This was a little surprising to me that just when you kind of are ready to declare Seattle dead, they win at home against the 49ers who were kind of on the rise. Yeah, Debo Samuel getting hurt really, really bit them this week. But I watched a decent part of that game, and yeah, Seattle's offense looked pretty decent. You know, I was a little surprised. I mean, for them to score 30, you know. KC takes care of Denver on Sunday night. Um, And then New England... Three pass attempts, Unreal. 222 rushing yards, and they beat Buffalo 14-10. to 10. It's pretty unreal. I mean, but, I, when I saw that, because I, I, I wasn't watching the game, and I saw on my phone, I got an alert that said Mac Jones was 2-3. Uh, for 0-1, oh I think, in the first half. I was like, wait, what? Did he get hurt? Did he get hurt? Right. And they're like, no, he threw one pass. So then I turned the game on, and I'm like, what is happening here? And then I saw the conditions were pretty bad, but it's like, really? These guys can't throw at all? Or did they just choose not to? It seems like that was the – even with Buffalo, like, Josh Allen's got, like, the strongest arm in football. And your running backs are crap. Like, what, you kind of have – like, at least, okay, then just run Josh Allen. But they weren't even doing that. You know what I mean? If you were to get, though, if, if nobody were to t- tell you the team and said, hey, your quarterback's going to throw three passes and they're going to run it down your throat, which coach is behind that that scheme? Who would you guess? Yeah, you'd guess Belichick. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the dude obviously had some sort of a game plan and his team was able to execute it. I give him all the credit in the world. I mean. A win's a win, man. I mean, they they, yeah, that was a huge win for New England. I mean, I don't know if. Buffalo only loses by four, so the fact that the guy at the end of the at the press conference asked to the, a couple of the, def- the the defensive guys, should you be embarrassed? I don't know if embarrassed the word, but 
I mean, it's. I'd you, be pissed you, off. You lost a close game, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd be, be mad. I'd be really pissed off. Yeah, but embarrassed. It's not like you got blown out. No, and lost by you know four touchdowns. But the fact that you couldn't stop the run, I'd be more saying that that's problematic. Well, I mean, they only scored, but they only scored fourteen points. It's not like they scored. That's 42. what I mean. They didn't rush for six touchdowns. Right. They rushed for two. Right. You know, your offense had an opportunity to win the game, and they yes. couldn't get it done. You know, you got to score more than 10 points all in all. Yeah, all you needed was a touchdown. Yeah. That was it. All right, that's uh, week 13. Week 14 starts uh, tomorrow as we record this on Wednesday night. And like you said, short turnaround for the Vikings and the Steelers. This is an interesting one for me. The Vikings aren't totally dead as far as playoffs are concerned. And Pittsburgh's got to go to Minneapolis. But I would think either Minneapolis is, or Minnesota's ready to pack it in or they're really, really pissed. I don't know which one, and I guess I kind of got to wait to watch a little of the game to find that out. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, I just don't know who they are. I know who Pittsburgh is. They're not very good. Right. But they're, they're, they can beat you. But in general, they're just not very good this year, and Roethlisberger is just a statue. But <laughs> I don't know who the hell Minnesota is. Are they the team that beat the Packers, or are they the team that just got beat by Detroit and, and has blown – five games in the last minute or whatever it is. So, I don't know. I mean, monster game for Pittsburgh, though, because they are a uh, they're a half game behind Buffalo, but they have the tie break because they beat them in week one for that last uh, spot in the AFC right now. So, Well, they can also jump the Browns in the division if, if Cleveland loses to Baltimore mm-hmm. uh, on, on the next game, which that... Those are always good games, but I just don't know whether, again, it's weird that we're in the back half of the season. We got five games left, and we're still wondering whether teams are good or not. Yeah, I Baltimore, I, I don't know how they lose that game the other night to Pittsburgh, but Lamar hasn't been very good the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, they don't run the ball that well. Their defense is okay. Um. Cleveland, man, I, I have a feeling if they lose this game, I think they're done. Yeah. They just seem to be reeling. They got a lot of injuries. Baker Mayfield's banged up. I mean, maybe this maybe the bye week will will have done them some good, but I think this is a must win for the Browns. All right. Uh Jacksonville and Tennessee. Well. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee, another team coming off of the bye, but you know. I think we've seen the best of that team. They're just hanging on for dear life. There's a slim, slim hope, I guess, that Derrick Henry could be back for the playoffs. But but do you make the playoffs and whoever you team and then whoever you play is is better? And when does a guy? But, but when does a guy come back like that in football and it ever pans out? Yeah, like immediately. Like what are they going to do? Just all of a sudden you're just going to give him thirty carries again? You're right, you're back off of injury and now you need to carry us. I don't know. I I, I find that a little far fetched. Vegas and Kansas City. That's at Arrowhead. Um, this is a it's a big game for the Raiders. I feel like it's just another day at the office for the Chiefs. It seems like it should be, but you know that's, that Again, offense is still who, not clicking. Who are they? Don't know. They're they still got Pat Mahomes, but oh, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. But it's not pretty. It's not it's not looking good. Are we still going with Taysom Hill with the Saints? Is is that still a thing? I don't I don't know what. The hell he's got on Sean Payton, but something monster contract, and I I don't I don't know, but Saints and the Jets that should be rather unremarkable. Mm. Um, NFC East matchup: Dallas and Washington. I mean, 
Washington wins this, that division just got very, very interesting. It'd be a one-game lead for the Cowboys. That's it. But if Dallas wins this, it probably shuts it down. A couple of five and sevens, Falcons and the Panthers. They're, and they're both somehow still alive. And they're both terrible. It seems like we get to this point with the NFC, and it's like you've got all these teams the that are well so under 500. Yeah, it's bad. But, but yet they're still alive. Detroit and Denver up at mile high. I mean, you'd think Denver, nice opportunity to get over 500 here. Stay in the race somehow. You'd think. Chargers have a chance to get up again with the Giants. Yeah, you got to uh, win this. You have to have that you one gotta at home. you got to win this. I mean, the Giants are bad. I don't know if Daniel Jones is playing or not. If not, you got Mike Glennon. I mean, that that's just, that team's a mess. It's a long flight, too, from New York all oh. the way to L.A. To, to go play this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco and Cincinnati. Boy. Big game. Uh, again, big game for each team. Mm-hmm. I it's weird when you when we say all these these are big games. They're, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good games. Oh right, but the teams the the, the, the outcome the is important. Are, yes, you know, um, Buffalo and Tampa Bay. That's a rough stretch for, stretch here for the Bills. A good one. Have Have you looked at their schedule? Yeah, they got well. They just got New England. Yeah. They got the Tampa this week. I know they still have to play New England again. Um, and they got somebody in between there that's good. I can't remember. Maybe the Chargers. So. Yeah, they got a tough little stretch here. Sunday night, we'll have the Packers and the Bears. Justin Fields is going to get the start. Um, Rodgers is not going to practice, it seems like. So that heel up on the pinky toe during the bye week apparently didn't do anything. He said during McAfee yesterday that uh, um, David Bakhtiari doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So you're counting down to the last, you know, now four weeks of the season. Jairi Alexander was back at practice today. I didn't hear anything about uh, Zadarius Smith, so uh, they're still holding out center Josh Myers because he had a knee injury about you know six weeks ago, six seven weeks ago, or something like that. So um, yeah, I don't know how healthy Green Bay is going to be, and you just kind of got to hope guys don't continue to drop. But I would think this should be a this should be one that the Packers should get for sure. I'm just anxious to to see Fields at Lambeau. Yeah. You know, his first time there, playing on Sunday night. night. It'll yeah. be cold as shit. Yeah. You know? Uh, Arizona and the Rams is your Monday night It's a good game, one. Which should be should be good. Nice nice division game. Arizona pounded them pretty good the first time in L.A. In L.A., yeah. So this is, uh, this is a big game for the Rams. I mean, if you have any hopes of winning the division, you have to win this. And, you know, Packer fans all should be pulling for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um... The Colts, Dolphins, and the Patriots and the Eagles are all on the bye. Is this the last bye? I don't know. I don't even know how long <laughs> how long these stretch. So. This whole season's like I keep thinking there's four weeks left, but there's actually five. five yeah. I'm trying to, re- you know, it's like oh they don't play 16 anymore. It's just going to be weird when you don't see a lot of teams. Like you, you, you see eight and eight. Okay, that's you know whatever. Now there's an extra. One. Like what happened? Like at the end of the season, I feel like wait a minute, we played an extra one, mm-hmm. and it still feels like the season should keep. You know, went too fast, even, yeah. e- even though we have an extra week. All right, playoff picture, AFC, go. All right, division leaders, Patriots 9-4, and four, Tennessee 8-4, and four, Baltimore 8-4, and four, KC 8-4. Uh, Tennessee has the tiebreaker over the other two at the moment. Chargers top wild card 7-5, Bengals 7-5, Chargers just beat them, and Buffalo 7-5, those are your three wild cards. So... As you sit now, Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincy, KC, Chargers. 
would be your matchups. Casey Chargers in that four or five. That would be <clears throat> that'd be pretty interesting. Yes, it would. Um, outside looking in, Pittsburgh six five and one, Indy seven and six, uh, Vegas, Cleveland, Denver all six and six, and Miami still hanging in at six and seven. Uh, NFC division leaders: Arizona ten and two, Packers nine and three, Tampa nine and three, Dallas eight and four, Rams top wild card at eight and four, Washington and the Niners six and six. Yeah, outside looking in Philly at six and seven, and then you've got the Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, Saints, all five and seven. Still alive, technically. I mean, technically, the Bears are only two games out of the playoffs with five to go. They're still technically alive, which is just unbelievably pathetic. Man, so right now it looks like. I, yeah, right now you got what? You got Niners, Packers, yep. Washington, Tampa, Rams, Dallas. And in Arizona, this is a big game against the Rams this week to kind of solidify that number one seed because Green Bay's schedule is pretty favorable. Uh, they got three home games and two away games uh, left, and they need to at least tie Arizona to get the tiebreaker because they beat them head-to-head. Honestly, though, like... I don't want the number one seed. Well, I really don't. I would be fine with it if I were you. I mean, the more Rodgers gets to rest, the better. But they, they just don't seem to have done much with it in the past, but okay. I I don't know why you wouldn't want to have home field advantage. I understand. Um, I wouldn't want to play San Francisco. Me neither. Because I think the Packers are clearly better. I just wouldn't want to play them. Because I think LaFleur and Shanahan, that's they too, know each other too a little to too home. well. Sure. And, like, the Niners, even this year, like, they, they play the Packers really close. And I think clearly the Packers are a better team, but, but for I also, some reason. I also feel like that Niner team would not be hurt by the elements. No. You know, Northern they, California. they could run the ball. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that wouldn't be one of those finesse teams that you get at Lambeau, which they're whatever that they're going to do doesn't work. Like, you get somebody that's physical and likes to bang, they'll go to Lambeau. They don't care. The Packers had uh, the title game at home again. I would be shocked beyond belief if they lost twice in a row. Three overall in a row, but twice in a row at home. That would shock me. I just don't see that happening. All right. Uh, any other notes on the NFL? No. All right. All right. We're John Gruden around. suing everybody. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I haven't heard much about that. I haven't seen many headlines. No, I just know that he's suing everybody. I, I think that that could get ugly. Have you been served? No. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> thankfully, but yeah, I think it's going to be. You know, why? Why are there the only emails of these million emails? Why are the only five that came out with my name on it? Right. Were the rest of the emails. Very selective. You know. All right, college football playoffs are uh, are set. Michigan destroys Iowa in the Big Ten championship and, and earns a playoff berth. Okay, so were you happy then that the Badgers weren't in that game? Do you think the Badgers were like, you know, you think Paul Chris was like, oh, man, we could have given him so much better game, or Jesus, Michigan's really good. I'm glad we didn't well, get our brains beat in. Your your opinion was that Wisconsin would have given him a game and a lot better the second time around playing him. Um, I don't have that much faith in Wisconsin. Neutral field, great. God, I just don't see um, him getting beat 42-3, to three, though. I, I, I don't think it'd be you know, that lopsided. Maybe maybe a couple touchdowns. 34-20? to 10. Yeah, even yeah, thirty-eight to twenty. You know, sure. Yeah, but no, I don't think they would take the beat. I was just very limp. Yeah, you know. And now I'm, I'd have to look at my bowl sheet to see the Iowa plays. I think they play Kentucky 
I don't know anything about Kentucky, um, but I, I again, it's it's another bowl game that Iowa has to play that against somebody else that you know. Here's a chance for you to say, hey, we're actually a, a decent Big Ten program, and I don't see them doing anything. So, uh, Bama and Georgia goes to Alabama, and then they jump Michigan to get the number one seed, and the Bearcats get in from Cincinnati because they pounded whoever they played, uh, is it Houston? Yeah, yeah. I think in the whatever conference title game that they're in. Yeah, you and I were watching a little of yeah. that Bama-Georgia game at that bar in Verona, yeah. and uh, it seemed like every time I turned around over my shoulder, Bama was scoring. <laughs> That's true. But Georgia still sneaks in. They drop down to the number three, and they get Michigan. So you and I talked about last week about inclusion and playoffs and you know how you kind of have to let Cincinnati in. At this point, um, because or else, what's the point of even all these other teams playing? You know, it doesn't matter if they get destroyed. I'm I, and and we can jump outside here as far as the coaching change because um, Brian Kelly took off to LSU, and that I felt like was a a really big boost to Notre Dame. Like you still have an outside shot at the playoffs, and the fact that Iowa shit the bet against Michigan basically screwed. Mm-hmm. Screwed Notre Dame's chances. As much as I don't want to see Notre Dame get in because they've done nothing when they get in the playoff, I would like to see them throw a finger to their old coach like, "What? why did you leave? We're in here and we got this. Yeah, if there was ever a year where you're like, ah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't cry if Notre Dame right. won the whole thing. Yes. This would have been it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bama, I think, is going to clobber Cincinnati. Yeah, it was funny. I saw Kirk Herbstreit tweet something where he was kind of cocking off about, you know, where are all the people now that say the little guy can't get in, you know, Cincinnati's in, and, you know, where's, where, where, I don't hear you complaining about the system now. And it's like, well, Cincinnati got in because Oklahoma State lost. Right. If Oklahoma State wins, Cincinnati still goes undefeated and doesn't get in. That's what I would think. So I don't know why. The system's still busted. Just because they got in, they got in not necessarily on their own merits. They got in as much because Oklahoma State lost crap, as crap because the they beat Houston, you yep. know. Yeah, um, and then Michigan and Georgia, which I actually am looking forward to very much. I think that's going to be a lot better game. Yeah, that should be interesting. I mean, and I really don't know who's gonna who's gonna come out of there. Does, I mean, that just seems like a power versus speed game. Yes, you know, and Georgia's defense is legit. I mean, the Alabama game was standing, but like Alabama, every guy at their skill position is going to start in the NFL, and so is every one of their backups. You know what I mean? Like, they're so deep. Their third-string running back would probably start for any team in the country. Yeah, so I don't I don't mind this playoff. little new blood with, with mm-hmm. Michigan instead of Ohio State, yep. Cincinnati in there as well. I mean, you got two SEC teams. Fine, they're good. I get it. How does Ohio still get a team, though? Yeah, that's a you good know? question. Isn't that something? The one year Ohio State ain't in it, they still get a goddamn team. <laughs> the hell? So I, I don't know, honestly, who's going to come out of that Michigan-Georgia game. I would say the smart money would pick Georgia, but I, I don't know that I can bet against Michigan this year. They've they've surprised everybody at every turn. And if Harbaugh outcoached Kirby Smart, I would not be surprised. Oh, no, not at you all. Know. Not at all. Um, Badgers, everybody said the Outback Bowl, and we were talking about that. I just didn't see it. No, me either. I that, did that seems not like too see good a bowl for that yes. team. They didn't deserve that. Penn State ultimately gets that nod, which and they should. I think that was they fine. Beat them. Yeah, as soon as that got announced, I'm like, yeah, that's who I thought would get that. I don't know why why Wisconsin would go to that bowl game. So they get picked to go to Vegas, and they have a little history with Arizona State, who I think they're one and three against 
in four games in their in their series against each other. As long as they don't have Pac-10 refs, oh. and as long as the Vegas stadium lights don't go out, we are, should be in for a good game. <laughs> Problem it is the is the it is the latest kickoff for all of the bowl games. I don't know shit about Arizona at State at nine thirty. I don't think do I, I don't think I watched more than three minutes of Pac-10 football the or Pac-12 football the entire. Isn't Herm season. down there? Is that is that where he is? That might be, yeah. I think that's where Herm is. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, right. I don't know anything. Could you find two more different personalities at coach than Herm oh Edwards and Paul God. Christ? No. No. Maybe Dabo and Paul Christ? That'd be about it. Well, Wisconsin has had good luck in Vegas before uh, on the hardwood, so that's not I, – I haven't seen a line for this game, but Badgers – sure the Badgers will be favored. You think? Yeah. After that game against Minnesota, to dude, end they've the been season. favored a lot this year. Though. True, I think they'll be favored. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that as it gets closer. That's coming up on uh, on the thirtieth at the end of the month. Some coaching changes. Some big ones happened in the span of about forty eight hours. Uh, Lincoln Riley goes to USC, and then uh, I think we were doing this on Monday night last week, and I texted you. I haven't. I hadn't even hit halfway home on Weathering Hills. And I was reading on Twitter that Brian Kelly went to LSU. Reading while you're driving, son of a bitch. <laughs> I think that was after I almost hit that bicyclist coming over here. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. So, yeah, I is Oklahoma. I get it. Oklahoma is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's in the Bible Belt. I think it's a football power, though. It is, and they get a lot of Texas kids. But them going to the SEC changes everything. That's what I, I mean, think. That's, that's why he bailed. Stay, staring down the bubble, uh, yeah. you know, the barrel of playing these other I guys. Can, I can go out west where it's sunny and 80 every day. I'm getting paid a ton of money. I heard that Oklahoma had to buy two of his houses in Oklahoma. Uh, they basically had to take over the mortgage and, and buy his two homes in Norman as part of his new deal. Um. And you have a monster recruiting base in California, you know. So, and nobody and in the Pac-12 is USC. Good. It's USC. Who's good? Nobody. Oregon. Oregon sometimes. Ish. Yeah. You know, but it's USC, man. I mean, if you're, that's one of those jobs in in just sports in general where it's like, dude, if you're competent, you should be able to win at USC. If you're competent, you should be able to win at Florida. You know. If you're competent, you should be able to win at Ohio State. You should be able to win Duke basketball. You know, like, I don't know. I, I just think it's, I think professionally it's a great move for Riley, man. The the, the program legacy should speak for itself. Absolutely. And so long as you know what you're doing, you should be able to put spit out a, a winning well, team. Just think about when they're good. And, you, and you're like, I don't know, you're a, a special teams level college player. You're like a walk-on. And you turn over one shoulder, and there's Will Ferrell, and you turn over the other shoulder, and there's Snoop. Like, that's who's on your sideline. Like, you, when you're good, that's who's down there. And then there's Marcus Allen, and, you know, like, you've got all these guys, all these LA, LeBrons on your sideline. Anthony Davis, you're like, what the fuck? That's what happens when USC's good. You know, it's, it's as Hollywood as college football can be. And I think Riley will do well there. Um, I don't have really any sympathy for Oklahoma because I don't give a shit about Oklahoma. I don't either. But I think they're going to go in the SEC and struggle. 
Back to all. back to mediocrity. You don't there there's just no there's the bottom feeders of the SEC aren't the bottom feeders of the Big Twelve. You know, it's a it's a different ball game. And they've never been known to play any defense. No. So how are Which they gonna stop these SEC that. offenses? That's right. You know, you run a you play Arkansas. The, you know, in week six, and they put 50 on you, and you're going, oh, fucking what? You know? <laughs> but it's different. You get in those good leagues like that, man. It's a gauntlet. It's not just, oh, I can't believe you lost to Arkansas. It's like, well, yeah, but the week before that, we played Alabama, and next week we play Georgia. And this team's smack in the middle. You and, know what and, I mean? And we'll have a crossover game next week right. with LSU. Exactly. And then after that, we got to play Florida. And then Tennessee. And then Ole Miss. I mean... When do we get and then a break? A&M. Can we schedule a, an FCS team yeah, as our non-conference? Good luck. So I don't know why. I don't, up on somebody? I don't know why the hell teams are clamoring to join that league. I don't get it. Well, Brian Kelly's clamoring to join that league because he went and he talked about the fact that winning championships was the deciding factor in going down there. And I get it if you put up a good season in the SEC and and become in first or second. If you go to the title game. If you win, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoff. If you lose, you still could get in the playoff, as you know, referenced by Georgia this year. And how many times would are two SEC teams considered for that? A lot. Um, but I just I don't understand that because the situation in Notre Dame is so unique. You don't belong to a conference. You can schedule whoever you want. The athletic director is included with all the other big dogs of all the other conferences. And it seems like at the end of the day, when they factor everything in, the Irish are given a little bit of a bump as far as inclusion is concerned. So yes. the situation to me says if you're good at Notre Dame, you stand a better chance of anybody in any other conference to get into the college football playoff. And you've already taken your team there a few times. Now you go to got to go to LSU and play all those other teams that you just listed off. I don't understand the math here. Help well, me out. For some reason... Notre Dame, people seem to want Notre Dame to be in the mix. And they kind of they kind of shove them. It's legacy. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's a little similar to like how many freaking media members are from Boston. And anytime anybody from Boston is doing, any team's doing good, you just kind of get it shoved at you. And I think that's what has, I think that's what happens with Notre Dame. Like the media and the college football people, they're always kind of shoving that program into the mix, whether they deserve to be there or not. They'll have two losses, and they'll be like, well, you know, right. we still want to talk a little bit about Notre Dame because our producer, his wife, went there. So we got to talk about that. <laughs> that's kind of what it seems like with them because they do have some of those academic restrictions. They do. Um, and I don't think that, you know, they're – they are not getting the same kind of caliber of athlete that the teams down south are getting. No. They can't compete that way. And, you know, it's South Bend, Indiana. It's not some great college town. It's cold there. It's southern Indiana. You know? Northern Indiana. Northern Indiana, whatever, wherever the hell. Yeah, South Bend's Indiana. in the north south end, Bend's which makes northern, no sense, yeah. but whatever. But, yeah, it's, you know... It's nope. got it's got a lot of the Chicago yes you know oh, that, yeah. that factors in big, big with Notre time. Dame a lot of people but there go to Chicago but look I, the Brian Kelly leaving thing I I just look at it the same it it reminds me of LeBron in 2010 when he went to Miami I don't have a problem with you going I just don't like how you did it right you know there's stories that have come out where you were in 
somebody's living room recruiting them with your assistance, your phone rings, you step out for like an hour and a half, and you're talking on the phone to the LSU coaches. You come back in and you eat dinner with these people, and then you're barely out of the driveway, and the dad's getting an alert on his phone that you're the new LSU coach, and then he calls you and you say, it's false. Like, that's that's character shit to me. You know, we talked about, there was a story that came out about Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur when they were grad assistants for him at Central Michigan. And he had like a Christmas party and he invited those two to come over and those guys thought that he was inviting them to the party. Made them work. He they got there and he handed them a shovel and told them to clean the sidewalk. You know, and these those two guys who both end up being NFL head coaches say to the, each other when they get back to their apartment to remember this because they're never gonna treat people that way. And that's character shit. You know? He sent a text message or an Instagram put whatever it was to all his players and said, I love you all, blah, blah, blah. We're having a meeting tomorrow. We'll talk all about it. I'll answer your questions, blah, blah, blah. He was in the meeting for 11 minutes and then hauled ass out of there without taking any questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the players were just kind of left holding their dicks going, okay, mm-hmm. bye, I guess. Yeah. Everything you told me is crap. Right. Like, do you really love us? Because it doesn't seem like that. You know, these coaches preach accountability. And they have none. They have none. No. And like I said, I have no problem with you taking that job, but take it when the bowl games are over. Or say I'm ta- I'm taking it and I'm going to finish out this season with my team. Whatever. But I don't know. For whatever reason, these coaches that just dip. You know, we, we, we want to give all these players shit that want to skip bowl games because they want to protect their draft stock. Yep. But, then, but then it's okay that. when a coach does it because he's getting $100 million? Right. Like, that's not right. Miami just had a thing go on, and the U is kind of a mess. Um, Manny Diaz got let go only because Mario uh, Cristobal from Oregon, they agreed to pay him a boatload of money to come back. And it sounded like they were basically putting Diaz on the back burner, like saying, we're going to go after this guy, but if he turns us down, you're still the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. If I'm Diaz, I'm like, I'm not second fiddle to anybody. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm out of here. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, bye. Yeah. So now now the guy from Oregon is taking, in my opinion, the U has legacy, and I get it, but... Well, he's from there. He played there. There's a lot of ties. Right, but as far as the job, that's a a step down, unless you totally revive Mm -hmm. that program, which Mm -hmm. they've gone through... How many head coaches in the last, you know, 15 years to try and turn that around, and they haven't been able to do it? It's tough. to. It, it seems like it's always tough for former players to go back to their alma maters and have much success. You know, we Scott Frost at Nebraska, oh. he's really struggling. You know, up until this year, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. at Michigan, he struggled. Um, you know, you've seen it in other sports. Bas- you know, basketball players try to go back to their schools and coach. It generally doesn't work. Um, and Michigan's got both. Yeah, I both, mean Juwan Howard. That that, that has been working. Yep. Uh, but it but he he went elsewhere for a really long time and had some high level success in the NBA before he came back. You know, and same with Harbaugh. Yeah. It took him a little time. He had to rebuild the program where Howard took over a really good program from John Beeline. Kept it good. But I don't know. It, it's uh, I think college football is better when Miami's good. They're one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean and. For us, it's we idealize the old Miami, the the 
kicking ass and taking names and talking shit, Miami. Yep. I don't know that that could exist today. Miami and Florida State, both teams who are now bad. Yeah, I don't know that that could exist today. I just, society-wise, I just... Not handling it. I don't think it would happen. Sure. But, uh, you know, it's always a little fun when, when the U's rocking and those, you know, those uh, Saturday afternoon games down on the beach. And, yeah, those were always fun to watch, mm-hmm. you know. All right, that's uh, that's what you got. Anything else on football? Should no. We move, should we move to hoops? Sure. All right. Bucks are playing tonight. Um, they won ten out of their last eleven games. They they beat Miami on Saturday uh, by twenty two at the Fiserv. Now they're down in South Beach again tonight. They've won eight in a row against the Cavaliers in that series, um, and then they eked one out against uh, Charlotte. So things have been going. Uh, Things are going pretty good. And when when they have all three of their their main dudes, Holiday, Middleton, and uh, Giannis on the floor, they haven't lost. The problem is they haven't all been on the floor at the same time a lot this year. Right, right. They're sixteen and nine, game and a half behind the Brooklyn for the first seed. Yeah, they're eleven and zero with the big three. Um, they, I was thinking about it today. I'm like, wow, they haven't lost a game together since game two of the finals. Wow. It's only been 11 games, right. but that's right. it's still kind of interesting. But, yeah, they've played 25. They've only had those three for 11. So you you want to see that number go up for sure. That game against Charlotte last Wednesday was the best game I've seen all year. That was a phenomenal game. Giannis was unbelievable. He had, and like, 40 and score on 17. A driving and, layup right as yeah, time was running out. made a layup with, like, two seconds left. Um, LaMelo Ball was fabulous. Um he hit one of the most ridiculous threes right before Giannis hit his shot that you'll ever see. Um, that was just a really high-level, fantastic NBA game to watch. Um, go up to Toronto and lose. Giannis sat out. They lost by four. Um, then they played the Heat at home, as you said. They blow them out with no Giannis again. Giannis comes back for the Cavs game, which they win 112-104. Got the Heat tonight. No Jimmy Butler again. Um, no, no Bam. No and, Bam. He's out for like six, six weeks. weeks. And no Oladipo. He hasn't played all year either. So, mm-hmm. so Miami busted that, up. Yeah, and that's one the Bucks need to get. Then they're at Houston Friday. Who's bad? They should get that at the Knicks. That's like an 11 o'clock game. That, that's, a, that's a nice early Sunday yeah. afternoon game to check out. And then at the Celtics Monday. So some road games, but some, some winnable road games. Um. Last week, they brought uh, Boogie Cousins in to add to the roster. This week, they bring in Wes Matthews again to add to the roster. Has he been playing it all this year? No, no. He hadn't played since the playoffs with the Lakers. Um, You know, a little bit like George Hill. He was on the team two years ago. He leaves. They win the title. Now they bring him back. (laughs) That's got to be a little bit bittersweet for those guys, I would think. But, um, you know, I, I, I really like the signing. I think that... With with losing Tucker, they kind of they lost their their star defender. Who who's going to guard the other team's star in the playoffs? Last year it was Tucker. I think they were hoping that a combination of Holiday, Middleton, and Semi Ojale was going to be able to do that. Well, unfortunately, Ojale has been basically hurt the whole year. He's played a handful of games, and when he has played, he has been bad. He has shot the ball horribly. And if he's going to be out there, you got to at least be like Tucker and be able to at least knock down a corner three once in a while. Um, so I think Wes Matthews, they're hoping, can fill a piece of that role. 
That's kind of what he did two years ago with the Bucks. He's a better shooter than all of those guys. It's just a matter of what's he got left. I think he's 35. He's had an Achilles injury. He's got a lot of miles on him, and he's really he's really been an Iron Man other than the one bad injury. But you know, he's a he's a pro, and and that's nice to have, and that's kind of what you see happen. Once you win the title, those kind of guys are Locked they're, a, little, they're a little more attracted to you. Sure. The market doesn't matter as much. I mean, for Wes, it's home, but unfortunately, Brooke Lopez had to have back surgery, mm-hmm. and they really didn't get into detail. On what it was what and how was. how invasive and and things like that, the Bucks did say they are hoping to have him back this year, and I think for them to have a real chance to win the title, I think they have to have him back because, as much as a liability and as bad as he can look against a Trey Young when he gets singled out on mm-hmm. the top of the key against him. What he does down low for Giannis is severely underappreciated and not talked about. His rebound numbers are very low. That's because he takes up two guys when he's boxing out, and it frees up guys like Giannis to go get it. And, you know, his rim protection defensively the last few years has been huge. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, um, you know, he can come back, you know, maybe with a month or six weeks left in the season and just kind of get a flow going. Yeah. going into the playoffs. But I saw this stat today. I had to take a picture of it. So since 2017-2018, the most 30-point, 10-rebound games in the NBA, Westbrook has 42, Carl Anthony Towns has 49, Davis has 60, Embiid has 65, Giannis leads with 95. Oh, That was kind of jarring. Wow. 30 and 10. He's got 30 more than the next guy. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. Is anybody bringing that up? Or well, he... I saw, I mean, it was, I think NBA TV put mm-hmm. it up, but I mean, I haven't heard anybody talk about it, but that's a pretty, pretty wow. crazy stat that just tells you how dominant he's right. been the last couple of years. All right. So they, uh, they play tonight in Miami. Uh, tip time is, oh, they just, they should have tipped off about 10 minutes ago as we're recording here. All right. Uh, what else do you got around the league except for the lead with the fat guys? Because <laughs> this is what has, this actually caught my attention when I saw a tweet about Luka Doncic being up to 260 pounds and then Zion Williamson being clocked at 320. What is, what is that? Well, Zion's been hurt. He's had a foot injury. So, I mean, he's a big, thick guy anyway. So Mm -hmm. any kind of inactivity for him, you just know he's going to pack some pounds on. I think it's just a little jarring at how many he's packed on. Um, Maybe go on a diet while you're rehabbing instead of just eating normally. Don't you have health and nutrition people on a team that would regulate that stuff? Manage your superstars who you're banking on to be your franchise guy? But so many of these guys now in basketball, they all got their own camps. Yeah. And when when they get hurt, they're of the opinion that, you know, it's it's it, in, in a weird way, it's a little bit like some people with the vaccine. Like, they don't want Big Brother to be, to to be to telling them medically what to do. And a lot of players fall into that where they're like, well, you're going to clear me because you want me on the floor 
Or in reality, maybe I'm actually more hurt than you're letting on. So I'm going to have my guys. We saw that with Kawhi Leonard a few years ago when he pulled that and sat the year out with the Spurs. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Luka thing is a little disappointing. I You know, he... He's he is a he more than Zion has the potential to be like a transcendent all time all time guy I think, and he's only twenty two years old. He's not hurt. Um, he played in the Olympics and then he let himself go after the Olympics. And you know he made the comment yesterday like, "Hey, listen, I just needed some time off. It's been a lot." And I get that, but you know you're gonna also want all the money when it comes time for all the money, right? So like you kind of you know. You can always kind of tell, especially in basketball, like there's certain guys that like you just don't have to worry about that stuff. LeBron, mm-hmm. Giannis, Wade, um, Durant. But then there's other guys like Harden, Luka. Um, but it's we- is it weird that he's now included in that camp? It's would, disappointing would, that he is. W- would you have pegged that? No. Like, this is the first time that anybody is well, he hearing about he, a problem. He didn't, he didn't like that. come into good shape last year either, but some of that was attributed to the bubble and, and it was some just some of the general weirdness. Sure. Which it's I think everybody un- gets yeah, a pass. It's a little unexcusable this year. I mean, you're the face of the franchise. You're supposed to be a top 6, 8, 10 guy in the league. Um, you sh- you got to be better than that. You, you've a, you, you're a really good player. You're fun to watch. You've accomplished absolutely nothing in that league. You've never won a playoff series in that league. Um, you've never even won a division in that league. So, you know, you got to check yourself a little bit and, mm-hmm. and do the right things. And I think he will. I think he's just, you know, he's young, a little entitled. Um, but that's that's kind of what right. these guys go through. So, All right. What else you got? Um, Dame Lillard, there's a lot of trades, t- trade talk around him. This week, Portland's not very good. They just fired their general manager for some alleged inappropriateness or bad work environment or whatever. Um, Seems to be a lot of that lately. Yeah. Around a lot of sports. But I don't think he's going to get traded. He came out tonight and said he's not asking for a trade. I hope he does not because my fear is he'll get traded to the Sixers, (laughs) which I would hate. I would hate to see him and Embiid together. That would be tough. Um but I, you know, I like Dame a little bit in the in the Giannis vein, where it's kind of cool that he's he's a trailblazer. Like that's who drafted him. He's trying to win there. I respect the hell out of that. Um, unfortunately, he's never had the a sidekick to go along with him that's been good enough. And you know, it's just one of those things. Sometimes guys are just born in the wrong era. They're mm-hmm. born at the wrong time. Unfortunately for him, he happens to reside in the same conference in the same division as Steph Curry. It sucks, you know. But that's what it is. It's what it is. It's like all those guys back in the '90s, Barkley and Ewing and Malone. They just happen to play in the Jordan era. You just weren't going to get any unless he wasn't there. <laughs> Ask Akeem. That's why he got to. Sure. But um, there's this. Uh, Steve Kerr said the other day that. Steph Curry reminded him of Michael Jordan, which has created this big firestorm of controversy oh, where everybody has to compare the two, which has been pretty funny. <sighs> um, I think he has been as influential in a way. Okay, I mean, when we were little kids, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Mike. We all wanted to fly through the air with our tongues out and you know do the jump man when we were shooting a layup and, and 
everybody wanted to shoot a fadeaway and all that stuff. I mean, Curry's that generation with the threes. I mean, he's that guy. Everybody wants to shoot outside and knock down threes. You know, as great as LeBron is, I don't know that a lot of little boys or little girls are emulating him in the driveway like they are Curry. You know, same thing with KD, same thing with Giannis. I just, mm-hmm. you know, Curry, every, anybody can be Curry in their mind, in their driveway. You can go out to the, right. you can go out to the road and chuck and sure. see if you can make it. You know, anybody can do that. Sure. But, um, he is 16 threes behind Ray Allen for the all-time made three-pointers in NBA history, which the media is kind of making a little bit bigger deal of than it is. Okay. Because, like, this is really the first generation to shoot this many. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done it a lot, lot faster than Ray Allen did, but even as great a shooter as Ray was, like, if you go back and look at his stats, like, early in his career, he's only taken, like, three or four a game. Mm-hmm. Curry takes 12 a game. Um, he is the greatest shooter of all time. A long distance shooter, you know. I'm not sure he would be the greatest 15 foot shooter of all time, but he's definitely the greatest long distance shooter. Okay. So, um, and then the last thing, I heard Bill Simmons and Rosillo talking about this on their pod, and there's a lot of angry old basketball players for some reason. And then they kind of Simmons compared him to like. It, like the old wrestling shoot promos, like when guys are retired, like the Ultimate Warrior will come out and he trashes Hogan and, you know, this and that. And it's like, wait, whoa, whoa, where where did that come from? Like you kind of, like we're seeing that with Pippen. Oh, yeah. With, with him and Jordan yep. and like all this stuff where like Pippen thinks he's better than Michael Jordan and just a lot of sour grapes. And, and I know Shaq and Barkley have been accused of that on TNT show. Barkley last night called out Anthony Davis pretty hardcore. And, you know, those guys always get labeled as haters. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. Like, it seems like it's a basketball thing a little bit because I don't really remember ever hearing Robin Yount ragging on Braun or Hank Aaron ragging on Robin Yount. Right. Or, you know, Willie Mays ragging on Griffey Jr. Like, I mean, they ragged on Bonds, but that was that was that was because he took steroids. But, like, I don't know. It's weird. Like... Joe Montana would never say, well, Tom Brady, of course he's won more Super Bowls than me. Look at his coach and look at his roster and look at this and look at that. Look at the division. You just never hear that. We're like with basketball a lot of times, and and I'm even guilty of it sometimes when we watch these games where I'm just like, oh, my God, what are they doing? This is such bad basketball. But it's just it's how they play. It just and is. And they're kids, right. Well, in our in our case it yes. is. But they emulate what they see from the, from the pros in yep, college. It goes on down. And, you know, that's just the way the league is now. And I guess a lot of, you know, in like Barkley and Shaq's case, I think they just, I think it was so hard back in their era to be great. They look at it now and all these guys that aren't that great get called great. And I think they resent the shit out of it. The the Barkley thing or the, the Pippen thing is just, Bizarre and That's really seems laughable. like sour grapes. Yes, right? very much. From what I've heard from and the 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 things that he brings up, and then what you know when Jordan comes out and says some stuff, and Jordan then doesn't say anything. Jordan won't say anything. Well, He's above that shit. There was a little bit on on the dance, uh, the last dance about about some of that stuff, but Pippen just keeps popping off, and people keep asking questions, and then he seems to dig his heels in mm-hmm. and keep taking it level up, level up, level. You know, where it's like, and each time he does it, you're like, God damn. Like, 
Are you okay? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know with, he went some through some of this stuff. Pippen went through. You know, his son died. His wife humiliated him. Um, you know, he felt like he was disrespected in the last dance, which I really didn't think he was. Honestly, I mean, maybe he was a little pissed off that it was so much about Jordan, but nobody was watching a ten episode documentary about Scottie Pippen. We had the one episode, and I think most people would tell you that was enough. Yeah. I just want to watch Jordan and the right, basketball right. stuff. You know, he's more interesting. Sorry, you're you're not comfortable being in the shadow, but everybody was in the shadow. But I think you know, if if he thinks he's going to win this or be a winner out of all this, he's not. Right now, you're looking like a clown. Yeah, and and I don't know why you have to double down on some of that stuff. There's a lot of fucking ego in basketball, dude. I just don't. I'm not. A lot of it. I mean, for a guy like Scottie Pippen to b- truly believe that he was as good or better than Michael Jordan, it's like, man, you're just delusional. Right. We lived through that era. Like, I'll have what you're having. I don't remember <laughs> anybody ever saying that Scottie Pippen was remotely close to as good as Jordan. Mm-hmm. Great player in his own right. Sure. But, you know, it's the same thing. Nobody was saying that uh, Kevin Johnson was a better point guard than Magic Johnson. He was good, but he wasn't magic. So. All right. Anything else on the NBA? No, that's All right. it. We'll breeze through some some college hoop stuff. Badgers are playing right now. They jump from 23 to 22 in the AP. They're 7-1. and one. They beat Georgia Tech in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and then they knocked off Marquette. And as you kind of called it, um, pretty yeah. – pretty, uh, Pretty standard operating procedure what, when those two teams meet at the Cole what, Center. What did I tell you the night before the game was going to happen? Two quick fouls, and and you texted me as soon as it happened. Yep, Marquette Center before the first TV timeout even hit. On the bench, two fouls. It's book it, book it. If I if I coached Marquette, I would just tell my players that one of you five. I wouldn't. I might even start my bench guys. Just so, just to, so when one of them got in foul trouble, right. I didn't care. Then I can put my starters <laughs> that's in. Because right. you know it's going to happen. And that's not why they lost. Don't right. get me wrong. I, I have no sour grapes. Badgers are a better team than Marquette. Um, but it was just funny that I told you that. I, and I just actually said, I'm not lying. I was not lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it came when I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, Badgers got Indiana tonight. They're down at halftime, 42-25. I... I my dad told me something today. He said that there's not a guy in Indiana's roster that was alive the last time they won in Madison. As some as somebody, I mean, again, we're showing our age, but as somebody who grew up through the Bobby Knight era, that is one of the most re- remotely impossible yeah. stats I could have ever believed. And Madison has been owned by Wisconsin, although it's not looking good right now at halftime. Um, and then they play at Ohio State. That's an early tip-off. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be Eastern time, so it's an 11 a.m. tip against Ohio State on uh, on Saturday. So the, Big Ten play. They got a couple of games, and then they play three really bad non-conference teams over the holiday break. The Johnny so. Davis talk has been interesting the last week or week Very week elevated, and a half. yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people around the Badgers are almost like, "Oh, he's leaving. He's gone." What? Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of people and read a lot of stuff that people think that he's going to leave after this year and go pro. I should ask Wargle about that. Whether he's kind of heard that in some circles on I, Friday morning. I think he could probably be a first round pick, but probably late. Late. Um. You know, based on what we've seen so far. But he's definitely improved as a player, and I think playing with Team USA over the summer helped him a ton. 
And, uh, you know, I think he could be a decent NBA player. He's got to develop a better jumper, a more consistent jumper. But um, he's a hell of an athlete, and he seems like a guy that would be willing to defend. And, and you know, he'll, he's not going to be an NBA star, but a guy that could play a role. Badgers just got to solve that problem of going like five or six minutes when they don't have a bucket. Well, it's the reliance on the threes. And, and, and we see it even in the high school games where, like, a team will have seven terrible possessions in a row and they won't score for three, four minutes, and then they come down and they go, three-pointer, three-pointer, three-pointer. <laughs> and then you completely forget that for the previous seven minutes they didn't do anything because they're, you know, all of a sudden they scored nine points in a minute and a half and they're back in the game. So... I don't know. That's just the way the Badgers kind of have always played. I don't know that they. I don't know that that's going to correct itself. All right. Uh, Marquette seven and two. That second loss of the season came to Wisconsin. They beat Jackson State before that, and uh, it's going to be a retro night tonight down in Manhattan, Kansas. They're going to wear the, the old school lavenders for the Wildcats and then the powder blues for the Golden Eagles. Nice from the from the uh, couple decades prior. Yeah, tough week for them. Got to go down to K State tonight, and then they are home hosting UCLA on Saturday. Um, I will. I expect them to get stomped on Saturday. Um, How did they come up with that matchup? They did a home and home with them. They played out there last year. Okay. Um, but you, yeah, UCLA is loaded. They're really good. I think uh, their only loss so far is to Ben Ben to Gonzaga. Um, you know the Marquette Badger game. Pretty much what I expected. I, I thought the Badgers would definitely win at home. The points. The Point totals were a little higher than I thought. Yeah, I was surprised to see the Badgers put up 55 in the second half. But, you know, Shaka Smart, the way they, they run that defense, it's it's a helter-skelter scramble. And if, if you get rolling offensively, you can really get some good and easy shots. And it seems like that's what the Badgers did in the second half. But uh, I still like where Marquette's at, 7-2 and two at this point. You know, if they could split this week, be 8-3 and three going into conference, I think that would be a nice spot to be for them. Um, but we'll see. I, I've I've really, I, like I said before the year, I've really enjoyed watching both of these teams. Um, I checked out, a, and I think you did the other day, a little bit of the UWM game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Baldwin, their um, their stud recruit from over by Milwaukee, he's very good. But I know he wanted to play for his dad, but man, he's just getting nothing out of that. Seems kind of your your wasting away there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's rough. It's yeah, it is rough. Uh, Purdue in the AP number one. That's that's odd to me for the I, first time ever. That yeah, I th- I, 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 they, I I read that today. I thought they were number one when they had Big Dog, but yeah. I read today that this was the first time they were ever the AP number one. So I I don't know. That's odd. But I was surprised when they were number one like the other day. But then I looked at see saw who they beat and they beat some pretty good teams, but. They got this kid, Jaden Ivey. Uh, his mom is Niel Ivey, who is the co- head coach of the Notre Dame women. Oh. She was the point guard on their national championship team in, I think, 01. She played with Ruth Riley when uh, my buddy Dylan was down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried so much to get Dylan to hook me up with her. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I loved her, but she was dating oh some big God. football player and it just wasn't happening. But, um, yeah. That's so great. And then Turgeon at Maryland quit. Yes. Kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know what that's all I don't all know about. what that's either. I, I mean, have they been bad in the last few years? Been, I mean, I think they've been like a bubble team. They made the tournament a couple times, but generally nothing special. They're just expecting more. I think I, I think moving to the Big Ten really 
was a mistake for Maryland. I yeah. know they did it for football, but it hasn't worked out, and it's really hurt their basketball program. They got a kid, uh, James Graham, who uh, went to high school at Nicolet. Oh. And he has already decided to transfer. Transfer. So I think he was a freshman. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I know the Badgers recruited him pretty heavily. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to get in the mix there. Uh, but he's a big kid. I think he's 6'8", 6'9", athletic guy. Um, was very highly recruited. So keep your eye on uh, on where he ends up. Okay, interesting. So. And then um, Gonzaga, after they did they – now did they beat Duke or did they lose to Duke? Lost to Duke. And then they just lost to an SEC team. Yeah, lost to Alabama. My boy Nate Oates with the big upset. Ah. Yeah. So uh, Interesting. Yeah, college basketball's we're getting into conference now, so yeah. now it kind of ramps up, and you get into that that meat grinder, and they'll, you know, they'll sprinkle in a couple, like you said, a couple holiday, yep, you know, holiday cupcakes. But uh, yeah, you get after the first of the year, and they really start hitting it hard. That's that's when the fun begins, and you know, it's funny as I got older, you know, when I'm when you're younger and, and like in high school, it's all about making state, mm-hmm. and you know, in, in the NCAA, it's all about well, making, making the, the tournament. tournament. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, and once my career ended, man, number one priority for everybody should be to win their league. It's just tough. It's just tough to do. Everybody knows everybody, coaches, players. You know, you're playing. You know, sometimes in front of sparse crowds in the middle of the winter on Penn State campus or whatever where there's, you know, you got as many people, you got as many people in your locker room as are sitting in the stands. Like (laughs) these games are tough to play. You know, anytime you can, you can compete to win your league. That's, that's fun. All right. We got a good hour and 13 on this edition. A lot of football, a lot of hoops, nothing to report on baseball because owners, they took all the pictures off the internet. So nobody even knows who's on anybody's teams. Just the level of <laughs> what a weird, in what that a weird is, thing to have to do. Can you imagine, hey, be the be the internet guy for every like, team and take all do that, that down. What? Jesus. Okay. So that is our edition for this week. We'll find time to do one next week, either uh, Monday or Wednesday, and come back with uh, another hour plus of material. Thank you for listening, downloading, and if you haven't subscribed, please do and uh, tell your friends. We would definitely appreciate it. So. Uh, Until next time, I'm Josh. Dan. We will talk to you next week. Go Bucks!